Welcome into the podcast that brings listeners directly to the intersection of sports and entertainment through the lens and incomparable style of Dick Buckus. Direct from the 312, join hosts Pete Hassan, Matt Amendola, and Matt Buckus as they dive into the worlds of football, pop culture, philanthropy, and more. This is Buckus Beyond the Line. Roses are red and violets are blue. If you've got any sense, you'll keep Butkus away from you. Welcome in, welcome in on this episode of Buckus Beyond the Line. We will be talking to former Buckus Award winner from 1994, also a former Ram, former Bear, and University of Illinois linebacker Dana Howard joins the podcast. But first, the huddle. 989 on two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. On two, on two, on two. Ready? Ready. Well, Dola, Butko, we're lucky enough to celebrate this past weekend another Mother's Day. And it got me thinking. You know, you know, you guys know I'm a hockey guy, right? right? Like I'm a, hockey. Right? hockey, but you know, I'm a football aficionado, but didn't play to the level you guys. But you know, mothers play it's like it's such a big thing in hockey. Mothers Hockey moms, football moms, baseball moms, basketball moms, they're all just as important. They don't seem to get the love, but I, I wanted to throw it out to you guys. I mean, football moms, how important? I mean, Absolutely. the laundry, the the travel to practices, the uh, Matt, you might have talked about early workouts. Like, moms are just so important to, to kids in sports. A lot, of, I'm sure, as we go through talking to a lot of our guys here on, on the podcast and former players, they will all point to their moms. Yep. I remember my mom, she would, you know, every practice we'd come home and we'd be, you know, dirty and everything. And she'd do our, you know, so we're not wearing the same pants and the same jock strap the next day. She would stay up, do all the laundry every day. And that was every day of practice. So my mom, Matt, Matt my would mom know. Was a laundry mom too. You know, so you don't, you're not wearing the wet stuff the next day. And they're incredible. I mean, you had multiple people in your family that played sports. Maddie, of course, you, Dola, and your brother. There's not just the practices and the laundry, but the time spent going to games and the support and being there when you're down and celebrating the ups, right, Dola? Yeah, we, we actually had a kind of unique situation as far as a football mom goes. I mean, a lot of kids with dads who are coaches and teachers, you know, they go to the same school. Well, uh, my brother and I, our dad went to a different school, so our mom kind of had to pull double duty in some of these situations. And whether it was lunches, getting us to practice, doing laundry, of course, <laughs> uh, showing support, showing love. She's always my biggest fan. And not only players, but coaches. Like, think about, you know, college coaches, that recruiting trail, and how many days on the road a guy, you know, that – they're supporting their husband or their outing, you know, their sure. significant other and, and what they want to do. It's mostly it's pretty male dominated, but it's starting to, you know, switch over. So, well, and listeners of the podcast might remember the story that your dad said when you first left <laughs> Chicago and we're driving down to Florida. This just sticks in my head. Right. That your That's dad the opposite was, of what dad, we're saying. But, you know, your dad was up in the front, right, like driving the car, getting you down there and your mom was back with all the kids and like locked uh, in, locked in in a hitch trailer. But you know, I mean, <laughs> these, these are the degrees that moms, moms would go through. Moms would go. And you know, we here at the Buckus beyond the line podcast, just want to, we know everybody celebrated this past weekend, but happy mother's day to everybody out there. 
And, you know, moms will not only do your laundry, they'll show up for the good times and the bad times. Sometimes they'll play catch. Right. Sometimes, you know, they'll they'll go over X's and O's. They do it all. They do it all. So uh, uh, happy Mother's Day belated by a few days from the crew here. We have a really great, great show. Dana Howard, you know, has pedigree here in Illinois where this podcast emanates from. He's uh, right across the river from St. Louis, but we'll claim him as an Illinois guy. And University of Illinois played for the Bears, played for the Rams. Just a great story. Dana Howard will join us here in a few minutes. Yeah, we might even have a special guest. If his really? alarm, yep, if his alarm clock works. Oh, oh, well, stay tuned. Dana Howard and our special guest next. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients come to rely on them for full line of website services, from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Budkus Award and the Budkus Foundation websites. And we proudly recommend the team to AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today. One eight seven seven Web Now One. Welcome back to Buckus Beyond the Line, and as we told you, we are uh, static today with our guest here, Dana Howard, is joining us, and you will remember him mainly from his uh, wonderful days at the University of Illinois and is a linebacker in the National Football League. I spent some time with the Rams and the Bears, of course. But he's near and dear to our heart for being the 1994 award winner of the Dick Buckus College Football Linebacker Award. Dana, thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. We're handling the uh, Chicago weather here, but other than that, we're doing okay. So I mentioned the 1994 award winner. Do you you still think back to the day when you know you heard and that you were the award winner for uh, 1994, and you must have fond memories of that time. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I found out actually at the uh, downtown Orlando Athletic Club. I think it was you know that night. It was I think it was myself, Ed. Uh, what's Ed's last name? Ed went to Nebraska. And the Ted guy from uh, Colorado. So it was us three out there in Orlando, just hanging out, and that's when uh, Dick. Basically said, you know, we, we're good at this at the University of Illinois. And, he, <laughs> he, and I knew it was me after he said that. So he, he probably said, rigged the vote. We do. <laughs> yeah, have to Matt, go back. Matt's saying he rigged the vote for you. Do you think that's possible that uh, <laughs> that uh, Dick Buckus said, "Look, we got it. We got to get this Illini, uh, this Illini linebacker the award this year." Hey, it's America. That's what they do around here. <laughs> <laughs> We're especially in Chicago, but that was Orlando. In Chicago, we definitely rigged the vote. Right. So that's nothing well, new. Yeah. That's nothing new. So just a question off of that, since we're talking about 1994 and the style of linebacker that you were for your NFL days and the college football days, do you, do you see a big difference in that position these days? I mean, we're talking about the speed of the game and the size of the game, but do you see it, Dana? I mean, you you were you were big and fast too, but is there a major difference that you're seeing in not only the current award winners like Nicobe Dean and how they play the position, but some other guys in the NFL these days? We had Patrick Willis on, who you know was a specimen, you know, yeah. just 
I'm just wondering, I'm curious for guys that played when you did, do you look at it today and go, wow, I could keep up or I couldn't keep up? Well, I think I could keep up, but I think nowadays these guys are more like hybrid safety, uh, strong safeties. You know, like, you know, just 210 pound guys who can, who can, who really, really can run. Yeah. You know, like a four, four type of guy. And that's, that's mostly what these guys are nowadays. So it's all about speed. It's not about guys who can, you know, like a lot of these guys can't really mix it up in the interior where, you know, where if someone ran a counter, you know, they'd probably be washed down all the way, you know, you know what I mean? They're just different type of guys. They're not physical. Just more of a, uh, no, species. I agree definitely. I mean, I'm just looking here at the top ten linebackers, forty yard dash in the combine. We're talking Troy Anderson from Montana State, four four two. Christian Harris may sound familiar, Budko, four four four, four 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 five. These guys are moving. And by the way, out of the top fifteen, there's three Budkus Award nominees. So there you go. Yeah, so these guys, these guys are really. Uh, I mean, I was. I was happy to get a four six five. Right. Well, it sounds like I my, that was... sounds like my times. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I I would like to see footage of that one, Matt. But Butko, I, I if you were anywhere near four four, oh, that was my GPA. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of uh, GPAs or maybe school, I know Dana that your football career maybe kind of started auspiciously or inauspiciously, and I know the story that uh, Michael Jordan always tells, that he was cut from a team early on, and that really inspired him to continue on and put a lot of work into his craft. True or false, you were cut from your junior high team, and did that do something for you that really said, look, I'm going to prove everybody wrong? Yeah, that's true. So uh, they cut me, and my dad sent my big brother up, who was way better than I was, sent, sent him up. Sent me back with him, and he got me back on the team. So from there, it was it was history. So yeah, they they got rid of me. <laughs> Big mistake. Yeah, well, I mean, he realized that after the fact that he he made a mistake. So you know, I want to make everybody pay for it. How much influence are coaches in the game when you get to that level? Your experience in the pros and how the coaches can they can affect different schemes and different teams. I, I think it's more so one of those you know that really in in uh, the lead to me. My time, I just thought there was more so that coaches were kind of, it coached you, but it was more so a front office type of deal where the front office really ran the team, you know, and then the scheme was really, they, they dictated the scheme a little bit, the coaches did, but it seemed to me that the front office really did more of the who plays, who doesn't play type of deal. Yeah, I understand. Dana, remember I was telling you about surprises? Right, 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 right. We got someone to pop in here and. Surprise you. Who that? Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. Oh boy. There might be there might be somebody who the uh the award's named after and this show's named after and, and rigged, was the, and the, the vote. Was the man who helped bring this man to the world and, and Matt Butkus, but uh Okay. It's early out on the left coast. Hey man, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, nothing but the rent. You know what I mean? <laughs> you ain't you ain't paying no rent. Yeah, <laughs> you own everything you got. But look, we know we know that you know we've had a few guests, and and this we started early here in Central Time Zone sometimes, and you know Dick's still out in Malibu, and there's only a few people right, that right. I know that Dick will get up this early for and join us, and they're usually members of the Fighting Illini. Am I wrong, Dick? There you go. That's right. It runs deep. 
so my first question is, you know, let's let's stick with the Illini. You know, Dana played at a time when there was guys like Kevin Hardy, right, Dana, Simeon Rice. I think our buddy John Holosek was a part of that, yep. uh, those oh. years. Um, and then I want to get to Dick, you know, because I don't know if many people know the players that you played with, you know, some of the guys that you might point to um, that had some success both on and off the field. But, Dana, just talk about that class and those guys and how they pushed you on and off the field maybe. And then, Dick, if there's a comparison from your time. Well, I mean, those were my guys. I came in with John Hosek. I mean, we didn't really know, know each other, but we knew we had to work together. You know, see me and Kevin came a year later, and I was like the Holly Tyler kid, the, you know, how they do the five-star or whatever. And uh, I came from a program in St. Louis where all I knew how to do was win. I lose it wasn't in my vocabulary, and I, and I couldn't get used to it. And when that, when I saw how some of these guys were okay with it, it just it would just burn the hell out of me. And so I just had to grab by the collar and said, "Look, man, I, I'm not used to this shit." So we got to we got to we got to step this game up. So uh, you know, from there, you know, we just we did what we had to do. You know, my guys became we became a uh, we were the number one linebacker crew in the nation two years in a row. We were always top two or top three every year since my junior year. So uh, my guy stepped up. John stepped up. You know, I called John the dirty white guy. You know, that's <laughs> just who he was. I think he just, he just played hard. He was he was the nastiest I think, of all uh, of us. I think a lot. I think a lot of uh, the uh, best inspirational team pump up sessions always start with "We got to stop this shit." So yeah, that's a good one. You have to. I mean, it just I just I mean, we we were good. We were pretty good when I got there. John McVick had us rolling, so uh, we were good. I mean, I can't take that away from, him, but. It was certain things that I just wasn't used to, and I just wasn't used. To, I wasn't used to losing. I went to state finals three years in a row in high school. You know, we were supposedly the national uh, championship high school team in the nation my senior year. So actually, it was just in me that I, I just I didn't want to lose, and so I just I couldn't handle it. So I just blew up, and everybody was like, "What's wrong? He crazy?" No, I ain't crazy. It's just that's just who I am. I mean, it's where I come from. It's my in my DNA. So. Uh, you know, but long story short, my guys were just, you know, my guys. I mean, we had no-name guys in front of us. I mean, you know, Chad Kofer. Nobody knows who Chad – I know, you know, Matt knows who he is. But, you know, Chad Kofer is a guy that nobody even knows. But, you know, we would go into – we went into Michigan with Chad Kofer, a 6'7 guy, 280 pounds, playing uh, the three technique. You know, Michigan's line averaging three three thirty, And Chad Kofer is holding his own. We beat Michigan, what, 21 and 20, uh, I think it was 23, 23, 21. You know, four years in a row, we beat Ohio State with guys like that, no-name guys. But it was guys like myself, John Hosek, Simon Rice, and Kevin Hardy who, you know, made sure that we we held it strong. I mean, you know, had we had offense, we could have probably competed for a national championship. You know, that's it sounds so familiar. When I went to Illinois, they had lost, uh, I don't know, 12 in a row or whatever when we got there. So everybody would always say, well, why, why are you going there? You know, everybody wants to go to a good program. But I was just uh, recruited by Bill Taylor, the uh, offensive line coach. And he just said, look, Dick, we're going to get a couple guys out of Chicago. going to get a guy named Grabowski. He's going to be a fullback, blah, blah, blah. And so sure enough, the first year, my sophomore year, we won two games only. But it never detract from from us winning. I mean, we were bringing guys from, you know, winning high school programs. And I mean, that one year, that junior year, man, it, 
each coach at training camp in the summer, each coach came up with a conditioning drill. And of course, Bill Taylor, being an ex-Marine, he had us running all around. You know, we'd run 80 yards, hit a dummy, run another 80 yards, hit the seven-man sled. And for variety, they'd bring us in the stadium and we'd have to run 440s, like a damn track team. A lot of us ran around and that south corner, we'd run right under the bridge there, right yeah, under yeah, the stands. Yeah. <laughs> and wait there until the guys came around again. I mean, it was brutal. Stairs and everything. But what we did was, you know, we weren't the best talented group, but we just out-conditioned right. everybody. And we'd win, you know, like 10 to 9 or, uh, you know, 14 to 12 or some shit like that. But uh, it had everybody's mind. I know exactly what you're talking about. And how many other guys from your high school team went to Illinois? Uh, it was two of us. Dennis Stallings, who uh, he ended up playing uh, three or four years with the Tennessee Titans. Uh-huh. Uh, he played behind me, and another guy, David James. It was three. It was four linebackers from my high school that went uh-huh. to Illinois. Julian Brown was the first, then myself, then Dennis Stallings, then David James. So uh, I was four. All four linebackers. We were like staggered, like two years apart, and myself and Dennis Stallings were the only two who ended up playing in the in the NFL from uh-huh. Illinois. It just seemed like, uh, well, even in my times, I don't know how much in your guys' times, but. You know, everybody, when they said Illinois, everybody would laugh. You know, yeah. it was like, oh, come on, here we go, you know. And it seemed like that was true the last few years until uh, the new coach came in just recently, two years. Right. I think they're on the road to the right thing. You know, get some linemen mm-hmm. and start building from the, in the trenches. But it's, it's I guess the, it, it's so hard with these kids today. They all want to be on national TV. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you look at Alabama, it's a year in, year out. They're getting the prime guys. And uh, now out here with this Riley coming in from Oklahoma or whatever, I mean, SC is like, it's all you see now. Their spring uh, camp is going on, and the L.A. Times is just full of it, how all they're going to be better and everything else. And what it generates in this area, which is, you know, pretty damn good high school football in California, you know, they, they're, they're getting a lot on all these recruits. Right, right. It's a tough sell, Illinois, you know, and, and and when you talk about the school, I mean, there's none can compare with the school, the education that you no have. I, I don't understand it. I don't know why a kid from Chicago would go to anywhere else. I don't care, Michigan or Ohio State, whatever. Just, just, think, just I, think we had, you know what? I remember. I remember my nephew saying it when he was uh, recruiting a kid out of Joliet, Illinois, that he said he didn't want to go down to Illinois because uh, he wanted to play in the pros. And, you know, Lucas saying, well, you know, that's great and everything else, but, you know, what if you get hurt or whatever? You know, the, the alumni in the Chicago area says, ah, I'm going to play in the pros. He, he eventually did. But here's a guy, and his brother was at Illinois at the same time that he was being recruited. He didn't even want to go visit. Yeah. I, you know, so we had a couple of stretches there with the coaches that I, I think set us back. But I think this guy's going to bring us back yeah, a little yeah. bit. Seems like he wants to right, be right. you know. He wants to build it back up. Yeah. So hopefully. They well, I, I think you. I think Brett, Brett's a good guy. Brett's a throwback guy, though. Yeah. But you know, Brett's from Illinois. Right. So uh, Lovey, I, I thought Lovey was going to do better than what he did, but unfortunately, you know, uh, I think he kind of set us back a yeah. little bit, recruitment. Right. You know, so, but 
I'm pretty confident in what Brett's doing. I mean, he, he has those old school hard nosed kids. You know, he's like a throwback, you know, where, you know, like a state championship kid from, uh, like you said, Joliet or East St. Louis. Those type of kids who, who want to play, who want to win, who want to want to be one right. of the best. Yep. So, Dennis, what have you been up to lately? Man, I own a construction company and a trucking company. I, actually, I'm at work now. I just, uh, down here in Southern Illinois, we do a lot of Department of Transportation work, a lot of, uh, utilities. We work for like, Illinois American Water Power Company, you know, the sewer, Missouri Sewer District, stuff like that. So, you know, we do this a little small company. We, uh, before the pandemic, we were doing about 25 million a year. Now we're, you know, anywhere from, you know, five to 10. So a little small, small minority owned firm that, you know, I started, me and my partner. Okay. And, uh, that's what we do. So, awesome. you know, we do, do a decent little amount of volume. We talk a lot on this podcast about the transition from, football and the life that you've known, Dana, for a long time into, uh, you know, the rest of your life, the career that you're now in, the business that you built. How did you get into that? What was the transition like? And was there some pitfalls and, uh, and some stops and starts? Or did you jump right into this and build from there? Well, no, after playing ball, I uh, became a financial advisor. So, you know, I started doing that. I liked it for a little bit, but it felt like more big than anything. And people who have money already have somebody. So, you know, a young guy trying to get in the business, I got to convince you that, that I'm the best person for you to give your money to. I don't know pretty much anything, but, you know, I got to convince you of that. So I just got tired of big. And in, in, in college, in high school, I worked as a laborer in the summertime. So in college, that's basically what made me want to get my degree because it was a good paying job working as a laborer. But at the same time, I would come home in the summertime and I had to work out and my hands would be and I'm like, man, I looked up one night. I was laying in, laying in bed. And I was like, Lord, please, I got to graduate because I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so from there, I, I made sure I, I got my degree. I ended up going to graduate school. And I was like, man, because I could not be a laborer for the rest of my life. This ain't me. I, I'm not that dude. We have a segment on the on the show coined after what Patrick Willis kind of said. He said, you got got. I think we talked about it earlier, but is there anyone that you despise going against in college or in pros besides Larry Allen? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's that I despise. I didn't care. I really didn't care who I went against, to be honest with you. But, you know, it was one of those where it was, uh, for me, it just felt like it was something that I had to do. We played Michigan State at Illinois in my junior year, and my linebacker coach, Chris Koch, was hyping this dude up at Michigan State. The fullback was like 290 pounds. He was like, he gonna beat your ass on this ISO. He, he said, "This ISO come, he gonna beat your ass." He said, "You better get him." So all I thought about was like, I can't let this dude beat my ass. I gotta, I gotta get this dude on ISO. And the first ISO, I saw it coming. I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna beat his ass." So I ran scratch, scratch right into him, and uh, knocked him back into the tailback. And it was like a five-yard loss, and my head was hurting the rest of the day. Way to I, the I, I, I threw everything I could into the dude. So I don't even know the dude's name, but but what I do know is that that was the one dude that I wanted to knock out because Coach was just, he was on me the whole week. He's going to kick your ass. He also probably remembers that too, you know, for sure. Well, I, I hope so because, shit, I, I can't. Cause my head my head was messed up after. <laughs> Back where concussions were like, you'd come off and they'd say, how you feeling? And you wouldn't know where you are and they'd put you right it, back it in. It was just shake it off. Shake it off, rubbing a little dirt on it. Yeah, right, right, right. 
Nice. So, Dick, I, I didn't know this though, I was reading it up on Dana, that he was the first player in school history at Illinois to register at least 100 tackles in each of his four seasons and led the team in tackles for four straight years. I mean, wow. I thought that would be a buckus at the top of the list. That, that, now, that's saying something, Dana. Like, that's saying, that's putting that's in some really work. Incredible, right? Well, I mean, they, hey, he just, I like to keep it simple. Coach said, you know, Wherever the ball was, go get it. So I just I ran to the ball. He said, "You got to run to the ball." That's all I did. Run to the ball. So I didn't know that it was gonna make me uh, have the most tackles in Big Ten history. I just ran to the ball because I like hitting people. That's why I didn't want to play offense because I didn't want to get hit. I wanted to inflict pain versus getting pain inflicted on me. Yep. Dana, have you have you felt any effects from any of that stuff? I mean, do you ever kind of wonder sometimes? You know, if that stuff adds up and uh, how it does and how it affects your day-to-day life? I do a little bit, but not really. I mean, it is what it is. I, I mean, I would do this all over again. I, I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. I just, I just had that much fun hanging out with my boys, doing what I did, enjoying college. I mean, you know, going doing what I've always wanted to do is playing the NFL. I mean, because everything that I did, I told myself that I was going to do it back. In the fourth grade, I started signing my own signature. So I knew in the fourth grade I was going to be somebody. So I started doing my own signature that I do today. That's I started that in the fourth grade. So I'd already told myself that I was going to be a professional <laughs> or something, but I didn't know what it was. So I knew because I, I always played baseball. I thought I was really good in baseball, but, you know, a couple curves hit you, and it, you, after that, you kind of start falling back. So I knew it wasn't going to be baseball, and I, I knew I wouldn't make the Olympics, although I was pretty good in track doing the shot put. Uh, like I was telling you, I had the third best store in the nation in high school wow. in shot put. But, uh, you know, then I was like, uh, how far, how far was, was like, well, you know? 63 feet, 11 mm-hmm. inches. Jeez. So, but I knew I was going to do something. I always jumped. I mean, I, I knew I was good at football. So I said football was going to be what, what it was going to be. So, so I've always known that I was good, but I just, it was one of those, you got to tell yourself what you want to be and, and you keep, you know, manifesting it. So, yeah. Are you still taking care of your body in different ways? Or how, how are you taking care of your body now? I mean, you know, my, I have stem cells on my knees. So what I do is I, I try to, like this morning, every morning I try to get up about five and walk the trail and do about two miles. You know, it's cold down here in the St. Louis area right now. Otherwise, I would get out and give a little walk on in the neighborhood and try to do some push-ups. You know, try to, because I, I can't get man boobs. Nobody wants man boobs. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just try to keep myself together. You know, like I said, I, I had two kids. My daughter actually plays softball at the University of Illinois. I, I, told, I, mm-hmm. I think I told you guys that she's she's a freshman there. She's played, she plays softball, so she plays the outfield. She's a utility player, I should say. So she's getting a little clock every now and again. So uh, I watch her. And so I'm, we're always traveling. We just left Purdue last weekend. They played here in St. Louis and played St. Louis U. This upcoming weekend, they go to Minnesota. But my eight-year-old son plays select baseball, so I'm one of the coaches. So I, I'm gonna have gonna. So she has a scholarship, so yeah, I get this dude a scholarship, so he can have my house too. So you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm just that's the travel tournament sounds like it. Yeah. No I, doubt. I, I'm trying to think. I don't know many guys who you know you were you were born down in Southern Illinois, right, East St. Louis, Saint and Louis. I don't know many guys that have played both for the Rams and the Bears have been a part of both franchises being from the state and Dick, you know, the pressure of, you know, you're a Chicago guy played for the bears. There's, I don't know if it was the same back in in your day that you, with all the media attention that they have now and social media, but 
the pressure to play for both, you know, I've spent some time. My wife's from Missouri. I know that there's a mix of Chicago and St. Louis fans down in Southern Illinois, both on baseball and football. Depends on the roots of their family, right, Dana? But did you find yeah. some extra pressure playing for both franchises? You know what? For me, the hardest part was playing for the Rams because I'm from East St. Louis, which is literally like two minutes from St. Louis. It's just, you know, Mississippi River. So the hard part for me was everybody thinks that they're supposed to get tickets to the game. <laughs> you know, I don't care who it is. You know, you know and then, you know, both, everybody both sides of the Mississippi. Both sides. So, you know, it could have been your aunt, your cousin, your your auntie that lives in Mississippi, but everybody thought they, they were supposed to get tickets. But what they don't understand is I, have to, I only get four free. After that, I got to pay for the rest of them. So they're like, well, you can afford it. No, no I'm not trying to afford mm-hmm. it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm trying to I, – I get you as many as I can, but y'all killing me. But in Chicago, it was almost the same instance because, you know, everybody in Chicago went to the University of Illinois. So I, I had just as many friends up there. So the, the cool part for me, I think, was – I don't know if you guys would know this, but going to East St. Louis Senior High School, our colors were orange and blue. And everything we did was what the University of Illinois did. So going to University of Illinois, I, I thought the Illinois copied off my high school. Then I went to the Bears and I realized that the Bears were made from the University of Illinois because of yep. the Hallis family. And I think their roots with the University of Illinois. So from playing football from high school to college to pros, I've always worn orange and blue pretty much. Listen, of the, was it four teams, the Eagles, the Bears, the Cowboys, which organization, while you were with them, was the best in your eyes? I mean, as far as treating players and, you know, just the general deal. Well, obviously, you know, I came between the Bears and the Cowboys because obviously the, in Dallas, I mean, you could, if you were the water boy, you were somebody. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's Dallas. Uh, in Chicago, it was just, to me, it was just, Nostalgia. It was just, you know, it's the Bears, it's the Hallis family, yep. it's Chicago, it's just the roots, you know. But so I would say, uh, man, that's a tough one because Jerry Jones and those guys, they know how to take care of you. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they got a, they got endless oil money. So, you know, they, they do a lot. But in Chicago, it's, it's just, I, I love Chicago because I just love hanging out there and, and, and enjoying it. But I would say, I would probably say, uh, the, the, the yep. Cowboys. Yeah. The dollar sign still uh, sure help people. Yeah. I'm and if they want to give it away, I mean, like the Bears, I mean, you know, they were noted for their tightness, but I don't know. I, I just felt it was good for me because I was just a, you know, a Chicago kid and went to Illinois. So my parents really got to see me play from high school all the way up through the pros. So probably could have made more with other teams, but in hindsight, I, I guess I made the right move, right. you know. Sometimes it goes beyond the, the money. It does. It does. You know? It was just like you're saying about the ticket situation. I let my wife handle that. So she <laughs> <laughs> want a bitch, they don't have to come at after me. You know, they kind of all understood, you know, playing in Wrigley Field, it's not like, you know, they got a bunch of extra tickets hanging around. Did, did they have that policy, Dick? Did you have four personally and then you, you had to buy others? Uh, or did they have a policy at all? No, I I think I got one for her, and that was about it. Maybe it was uh, the one and an option to buy one or something like that. It's just like I was talking to uh, Gail Sarris' wife a number of years ago. He got season tickets at Soldier Field, and 
they were three. We have four of them uh, on the 50, which I never got any after I retired. But anyhow, when George Halas died, it was almost like immediately that the tickets were taken away. So Gail wasn't getting free tickets anymore mm. after uh, old man Halas died. Mm. So, you know, some of that stuff you hear about, I don't know. But like I always used to say, you know, hey, wait a minute. The old man started, this was his business. It's not like Jerry Jones, who made his fortunes in gas and oil. I mean, the old man did it, you know, by bringing Red Grange around and doing, you know, charity games or games to make some money. So I understood where he was coming from. It's just that, unfortunately, he kept that, he kept that, that frugal way of his while I was there <laughs> and a little time afterwards. But, you know, you can't blame him. As you look back now, hindsight, that's, hey, they're in business, man. Mm-hmm. Is this to make money and win? But I think more importantly, it's for them to survive. And look what he created for everybody. It's pretty good. Well, Dana, we want to thank you for joining us today. You know, this yeah. podcast has really been um, started to kind of help bring some light to not just the current and future Buckus Award winners, but the past. And to bring this back to more of a fraternity of guys to talk about what you're currently doing, talk about things that we can help you with too. So, this fraternity of linebackers is pretty strong from my introduction to it not too long ago. And we're just happy you're a member and uh, want to make sure that we have a chance to reach out to you whenever we can. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Matt, Matt knows my number. He'll blow me up in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> we know that, right? Right. That's my man. Dana, Dick, thank you guys so much. You got it. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dana. I am. <laughs> Somebody did that to me, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Because <laughs> I never heard of <laughs> Well, thank you, Dana. What's with that? You know, I, I. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, right, there you go. There you go. You got to put there it all go. together. You got to put it all together. I'll right? do yeah, one more time. <laughs> I, am I. And I. All right. Thanks, Dana. Okay. All right, y'all. Take, take care, Dana. Thanks, guys. Right, appreciate it, Joe. Well, it was a pleasure having Dana Howard on the show and a surprise guest, Mr. Dick Budkus himself. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, Matt Budkus and Pete Hassan. Follow us on our social channels listed in the show description and thebudkusaward.com for updates on this podcast. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss an episode. This podcast is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I am Matt Amendola, and we'll catch you on the next one. AmericanEagle.com has over two decades of experience designing websites that produce results. Their clients have come to rely on them for a full line of website services from consulting and strategy to digital marketing, hosting, and support. AmericanEagle.com is the technology partner you need if you're looking for online success. They work with clients in nearly every industry. They're also the official website and digital marketing provider for the Buckus Award and Buckus Foundation websites and we proudly recommend the team at AmericanEagle.com. Give AmericanEagle.com a call today, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1. That's AmericanEagle.com, 1-877-WEB-NOW-1.